Guys, welcome to Minefields. It's Joshua Michael. Mr. Colin is MIA tonight, enjoying some holiday festivities, I hope. He's got to be doing something fun. But I got the resident tough guy of Minefields, Mr. Tony Morales. How you doing, brother? Doing well, man. Doing well. Happy holidays to you. Yeah, happy holidays to you, too, man. It's, it was nice to see you today, man. It was uh, You got to meet my sister. You're, like, one of the few people in the whole world that's, like, my sister actually was, like, yeah, I'll come to the school. I'm like, really? All right, let's go. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, to drop yeah I, figured, I, figured, I figured she'd be taller. <laughs> I felt like it was like giants just ran in your blood. <laughs> but that's, that's what, I think she's like 5'10", and she's 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 taller than most women. She's she's a real tough cookie, and we had a we, man. I had such a great time with my sister over the holidays. It was just it was just all uh, team Torres coming together to kick some ass. We we made some pasola tonight. Um, Mom like almost broke her arm the other day, so like we were gonna oh, make wow. tamales. So we. We just decided to go with the spasoli route tonight, so because tamales is like an all-day thing. And um, yesterday, Christmas was great. Got a bunch of good presents. What'd you get, brother? Ah, uh, John, man, I got the I got the latest Spider-Man Miles Morales game. Looking forward to playing some of that. Freaking, you know, got the recorder, which is awesome. You know, freaking, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, just kind of, you know, had a good day. Hung out with family. My kid. Freaking made out with like a bandit because he freaking he got into the wrestling figures and I had two months off after my heart surgery and I freaking had an Amazon account and freaking a credit card so I freaking <laughs> went stupid over on presents. Dude, that's awesome, man! Like uh, uh, Colin and I have talked about it before. Like this, there's some Christmases that always stand out. I remember it was like I want to say it was probably 1985 when we first got mm-hmm. to England and. I remember waking up at 5 a.m., waking up my parents and going downstairs, and there was just, like, 30 G.I. Joes wrapped around the tree. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, it wasn't the night. Did you get a shipwreck, though? I, I got, I had a shipwreck already. Um, oh, okay. This was, like, it was a bunch of, like, it was, like, Duke and, like, Snake Eyes. It was, like, filling in all the, the, the blanks. All the holes? Yeah, <laughs> f- filling all the Dude, blanks. yeah. He got he got everybody from like he got like elite level ricochets. He got Keith Lee. He got a like the one he wanted the most was a Christian figure. Really? Yeah. He's he's five, <laughs> and, but that's like the guy he really wanted was like a. I had to go freaking dig through, and find. I think it was like, like they're on a series like 114 right now, and I think the Christian I found was like from series 29. Damn. But yeah, he got that one. He got him. He got him a nice little elite Keith Lee figure. That legitimately, I had to wait two months for it to come in the mail. Oh, those but are, we got it. Those are before cherry, Christmas. Man. Those are cherry. Yeah, and then he's got like five figures still coming that haven't made it through the uh, the holiday yet. Well, hell, dude, you're just gonna have to just release those uh, periodically when someone's being good. Oh yeah, no, his freaking yeah, his birthday's in freaking March, and those, some of those might make it down there. Like he got he got random, he got like a random rich swan came in today. Oh. Damn. So now he's got now he's got the Impact World Champion, dude. Rich Swan was a shit man. I hated what happened to him, man. That was such a fucking like raw deal. Oh yeah, dude. Like you, like you look at some of them, and there's like you keep around this guy who's a piece of garbage, but you got rid of Rich Swan because his wife jumped out of a moving vehicle and he pulled her back in. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I I don't know I don't know the whole story. I'm not gonna say anything, but you know you hear about raw deals like what happened to Zelina Vega. And, yeah. You know, but they keep around other like and without going into dogging anybody personally. You know, they they keep other people Little that have done far worse, <laughs> far worse. 
Yeah, even then, man. Like, uh, I, I that flu, that flu coming back, brother. <laughs> yeah, my, my yeah, yeah, hope so. <clears throat> that's that's, that's that black that black lung, that tuberculosis. <laughs> yep. Sorry about that. Just mm, weird, weird cough there, brother. I appreciate that. Mm, thanks for checking no in. No problem. <laughs> Anytime. Mm. I got. I made out like a fucking bandit, man. My sister, right before Christmas, she was like, "Hey, uh, what iPad do you have?" I'm like, "Why?" And she's like, "Can you use the uh, eye pencil on that?" And I was like, "No, you have to have a pro." She's like, "You don't have a pro?" And I was like, "No." And she's like, "Don't people make comics on that?" I'm like, "Yeah, my homeboy Andy Belander makes made like the entirety of Mother Trucker on his fucking iPad Pro." And the eye pencil. Oh, nice. And she was like, then that's what we're getting you. And I was like, alright. And then sure as shit, man. Like, my pile was very little. Which was... <laughs> <laughs> but I opened up the, the pencil and the, an iPad Pro. And uh, immediately got the industry standard uh, Clip Studio. This thing is fucking gorgeous. Even just like sketching on like the notepad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it comes out perfect. And it's just a lot of fun. And so, yeah. Uh, gonna be... I'm going to have, like, a full-fledged art studio in my backpack and recording studio at all times, so hopefully y'all, one of y'all don't mug me. <laughs> ah. Mm. You can't go saying that, man. We still got a week left in the plague of minimal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. Yeah, I know. I know. What'd Shoot. you get? What'd you get? You we, got all, we all got to free. We all got to free and go out there at midnight next week and be like, Jumanji! <laughs> Jumanji. This game is over. Oh, exactly. You know, even if it doesn't work, it's worth a shot. Yeah. Just saying, because if, if it does work, and that is the way out, I am getting out of here. Uh, just, just saying, dude. We, dude, we'll I'll go with you, man. They got a passport. Fuck it. <laughs> exactly. I'll have my, my my studio, not in my backpack, as a ripe cherry to get picked. But uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll get back. We'll get back somehow. We'll get back to reality. Yeah, your your uh, your screen's frozen. I can't see it. I don't know. I mean, take, undo. I'm all, take take, take that ca- off. And take put the it back camera on. and turn it back on. Yeah, that'll help. There you go. There you go. Sweet. Sweet. Now, just hold the technical difficulties. At least this time is really before the show got it. We got heavy into it. Heavy into it. That's fine. We're doing fine. We're doing. We're doing our best. We. We're, it's. It's a nice. Little doing break. our best in troubled times. Man, it was good to see you today, man, at the school, man. Like, uh, all y'all were there. You got, y'all got to meet my sister. Uh, yeah. Dude, Slick hooked it up, man. Like, uh, he, he dropped off a plate of fucking, like, homemade food at my house yesterday. And, the, like, a pile of greens with ham. Like, man, it was... How big was that pile? Oh, dude, it was... Dude, it was probably a pound of fucking greens and ham. And then some <laughs> turkey and some potato salad and then, uh... Some banana pudding, man. He his his mama like made sure I got hooked the fuck up, man. That's see, nice. see, see. This is what happens when you and your homies are legit bros. It's just like, hey, everything's great. Like that's yep. what that's what the holidays are about, man. And it 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 paid off in spades. And I got my cavassier. You got your uh, rumski, dude. I got a lot of rum tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a day. It's been a day. I got a, I got a, uh, my homegirl got me a Yomega Fireball. <laughs> Ooh, that's fancy. Yo-yo. But we are doing some comics today. Before we do comics, uh, holy shit, Brody Lee died today, man. Yeah, man. Nobody, nobody saw it coming. It's, it's crazy, you know. Got to, you know, pray for his, you know, his wife and family and whatnot. Agreed. And Agreed. 
they have to, after Christmas is tough. I don't think I don't think anybody knew he was sick or the extent of it, but you know, just yeah, it sucks. Freaking every every that's how you freaking you know you know how a guy's a good dude when freaking everybody on the uh, on the interwebs talks about him glowingly and they don't they don't use his freaking a lot of guys aren't using his work name they're using his legit name legit and kind of you know that kind of shows the respect you know the respect and the love the guy had so it, I, I went straight to WWE dot com actually and they used his name and yeah. And they didn't. They didn't pull any bullshit. Just this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Best to his family and no inner office personal hate AEW shit. No, it was. And then uh, AEW had a really nice eulogy on there, and the the outcry on Twitter was just like everyone is fucked up from this man. Yeah. Like I never, I never had the pleasure of meeting the guy or working a show with them or nothing. But I mean, I'm just. It's just sad, man, freaking this time of year and freaking, like I said, the guy's got, you know, wife and kids. And I think his youngest is about my son's age. And, you know, it's that's that's hard to think about freaking, you know, somebody with a parent that, you know, a child that young leaving us that soon, you know. Agreed, man. And his wife's post uh, was just the way it started out today. My best friend died. Holy yeah. shit. Like, that, I mean, that's I mean, that's just a resonance on like a resonance on. What it's like to really be in love with someone and truly be partners with someone like to I I was told that that you gotta marry your best friend. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just they're I even hear like comedians talking like, Yeah, my wife's my favorite person, she's my best friend and like, okay, like that's how it goes and my best to the family, I've never met them. Um my feelings might mean nothing to them, I might be another mark, but um they he he provided endless hours of fun we we loved him no matter what gimmick they threw on him he sold the shit out of it he he was a good politician he was a good friend and and settled everyone down in the the dark order and i, I remember when i popped so hard when he came out <laughs> yeah and not matt hardy man like that okay this is this is true blue wrestling writing and 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 how to make good stories and you know, my best to the family, my best to his loved ones and friends that are hurting right now. Because there's, yeah. there's no, there's no healing. It's just you know, time doesn't heal all wounds. You just get used to it hurting. Yeah. Fucking hell. No, definitely, definitely sucks, man. Freaking that, you know, guy was, you know, like you said, he was an entertainer and he made he made the best out of what he was given and freaking. You know, you can't you can't ask for more than that. And plus, on top of that, you know, everyone's talked about what a loving and doting father the guy was, and that just kind of tears me to the core. Right. You know, I, you're just like you know, Danny Danny Hodge also passed today, and you know, prayers to his family as well. Agreed. You know, freaking guy was a legend, but like, man, it's just everybody involved is just you know, just you know, condolences from all the minefields and. You know, me and yourself personally, obviously. Agreed. Then you know, it, especially after you know, today was your first real day in the ring again, right? Yeah, first day. The first day I led a class in um, about two and a half years because I, I stepped away from training guys to go back to college, and then obviously with my surgery, I took in between surgery and you know, COVID. I freaking uh, took the semester off to get better and get back on my feet. So freaking, um, I was offered a position at SoCo Pro to be a trainer, and 
you know, taking advantage of it. You know, we had four guys there today. Hopefully that'll grow, and hopefully they got a lot out of it. Anything, anyone that stood out, man? Like, I remember on the way there, I was, like, telling my sister about y'all, and uh, you know, Slick's going to be there. You're going to meet my homeboy, uh, Tony. Uh, and then, man, there's going to be one guy there. He's, like, he, he's got this gimmick with Mountain Dew, but he's got... He's he's a beautiful black man, but he's got the most stunning, beautiful blue <laughs> eyes. And she's like, they're contacts. I'm like, no, they're not contacts, man. These are stunning eyes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she you got a man crush and some BZB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Sammy was there. Uh, Sammy didn't get to say hi to Robin. Uh, every time like uh, y'all were doing anything, uh, he was actually doing something. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I gotta make sh- make sure he knows that. It, you know, no harm, no foul. Like you guys were just busy. I'm not going to interrupt your training. Uh, yeah. Just there to drop off your recorder and just show her what what we do and how we do it. She met Randy. Oh, nice. She met Mr. Rude. Man, God, you know, we just it was just one of those things. We came home, made some masole. Like uh, we, we okay. We went to uh, this outdoor place today. Got they they got it in Denver. I can't fucking remember the place name of the name of the place, but. Just we had a, a nice outdoor dinner with mom and dad, and okay. they 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 took off, and you know, like, hey, we got it. You know, we split the bill, and and the she dropped the she, the lady was like about to take her stuff away. Right, mom and dad were walking away, and Rob was like, "Hey, wait!" <laughs> I was like, "What?" And she's like, "We need a fucking drink." <laughs> I'm like, All right, hey, cool. She's like, "Yeah, I couldn't finish this one in front of mom because mom like you had half a beer already." <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, we sat there and we finished another cocktail and went and picked up everything else for the Pasole and got some lotto tickets and set up mom's new TV and stereo system and, yeah, and you, you guys tore up at the fucking school, man. Yeah, dude, like I said, it was good to be back, freaking, you know, not the, you know, small class, I had two, two more experienced guys there and two, uh, I'm gonna, you know, guys that were coming back, one off an injury and one just off, uh, taking time away from the ring. So today was just kind of, you know, getting to see, you know, getting everybody back in a flow and getting everybody, you know, finding out what everybody could do. That way I knew where to start off as a trainer. Yeah, CJ was there today too, right? Yeah, Cardona, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like he was one of the first guys, he was actually the first guy I met when I first got in the scene. Like literally walking into the okay. first CSW show, there was this mm-hmm. guy with his uh, anime-infused girlfriend, like, <laughs> f- fucking losing his shit outside the venue, and I'm like... What's wrong with that guy? <laughs> and uh, go outside again later on, and smoke a cigarette, and yeah, he just got hurt, and like he he was not taking it well, not being able to work anymore, man. And I'm yeah. glad to see he was there. I saw him again first time in a long time, uh, packing up Randy's house last week. Okay. And uh, him and Guns were just going at it in terms of like you know talking about wrestling and uh, being in the military. I'm like, okay, cool. CJ's back. That's awesome. It was cool to see him there again. And, just, just a good home family, man, and that's what we yeah, got. Oh, uh, I've got some pasola for you too, man. We packed some up. I'll, br- I'll bring some uh, if you don't mind. Cause when I go to school tomorrow, uh, I'll, I'll drop some off. Yeah, freaking nice job, boy. Be awesome. But yeah, dude, freaking CJ. I think originally trained lucha in Puerto Rico, if I remember yes. correctly. Yes, correct. Like uh, he's got a, you know, so like their basics and our basics are two completely different things. Because I trained in lucha for about a year. And like freaking, it's 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 completely different. So like that's kind of like I said, my goal today was just kind of seeing where everybody's at and what we can build upon. Because I think we got we got a good crew. We just got to freaking establish a little bit of stability with the school, like time wise, 
getting set schedules and whatnot and just kind of build on what we already have. How's uh how the uh do the um obviously everyone in um new era know you're, you're training again they're just no mm-hmm. you're just beefing stuff up for later right yeah that's kind of the it's kind of the plan you know freaking i didn't really i didn't get you know i kind of led more than i freaking participated unfortunately which isn't normally my style but given my circumstances i you know gotta do what i gotta do but we'll see you know see what happens long term so i kind of had used bz because bz is a guy i uh, trained pri- uh, prior, so I knew he knew all the stuff I was trying to get across and how to make it look good. No, I loved your uh, your gimmick. The uh, what did you call it? The uh, not the takedown of the week. The uh, pin of the week. Pin of the week. Dude, pin of the week. The way you did that roll up was beautiful, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's just something goofy I like doing every now and again. Right? I like doing it every week, obviously. Hence, pin of the week. But I like I like giving them something that you're not just something something that's outside of just the basics, right? You know, giving them something to like, oh, you know, hey, it's something stupid and fun, and you know, we can if you know, we get this down, you know, the rest of the stuff shouldn't be, you know, we, if we can get there, we start utilizing that in matches, and it's not, you know, it's not going to be uh, pins you see every, you know, in every match, right? Yeah, whether you're using yeah. it as an actual like, you know, one two three or just a one two. You know, yep. building up the story, man. Like having that that sort of knowledge to throw that out randomly. If you just remembered it, just to make the show look good, and while you're calling calling an audible, you know, just give something yep. like a quick breather. Like, why the fuck not, man? That that's it. it only beefs up the storyline. It only beefs up the drama. Yep. Like, pay attention. That's exactly it. Fuck if not, it's not a roll up you see every Monday night. Agreed. So and you're you're gonna see a roll up on every Monday night. So it's no, it ain't no schoolboys and or schoolgirls that you're gonna see here. This is real fucking life, goddammit. <laughs> you gotta real, real, real. This is a real world. Roll up like a man. <laughs> you gotta diversify your bonds. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got We got We got We got an odd show tonight, man. Like the Marvel, I focus on. And I told you on. We're gonna talk to the MFers right now. I'm focusing on the Hulks this week because Red Hulk is back. We have got. Oh, I do love some Red Hulk. Uh, Captain America number twenty-six, Mortal Hulk number forty-one, Immortal Hulk number one, King in Black, and you've got Batman Annual number five, Origin of Clown Hunter. Can't wait for that. Harley yeah. Quinn, White Knight number three, and then we are going to go into something really special for you guys. And I'm really hoping that this is one of the ones that y'all are going to email us about. And again, it's it's Colin and Josh at minefieldscomicspodcast.com or just go to the website or hit us up on Facebook. Um, this was, we're, we're, we're talking about Fell by Warren Ellis and Ben Templesmith, issues one through six. And this is, imagine, man, it was funny because mom was watching this earlier. Imagine if Seven okay. was, the movie Seven wasn't one movie, it was as intense as that one movie was packed into nine issues yeah all different stories same would you call him a protagonist yeah it's, i call him protagonist. you kind of have to be but you have to but it's, you have to be a default almost like he's like he 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 does he does what's right but he does it in some of the wrongest ways you're gonna like he does it in some creative ways not necessarily say they're wrong right but they're definitely different than most you know when you think of a random cop in like a big city you're not gonna. You're not thinking of fell. It, it's uh, in the words of Public Enemy. I don't trust it. 
But <laughs> but I uh, at the same time though, I'm not walking away from it. But let's you got to give me some Batman Animal number five, man. Give me some Clown Hunter on this, man, because what we know so far is that Harley Quinn was there and involved when his parents were murdered. Oh yeah, yeah, she she was definitely involved. So actually, it starts out with uh, our good old friend Doctor Leslie Tompkins, and she's walking through she's walking through the Narrows, you know, walking she she turns into freaking Park Row. Which you know, also has a much more distinguished name, Crime Alley. Correct. And she's over. She's thinking about you know when Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered because she thinks about it every single time. She's you know walking down this alley, and a guy comes up with a knife trying to mug her. You know, and she she's you know she's scared. She's you know, not sure what to do. In Crime but, Alley. In Crime Alley. That happened um, there. Yep, a mugger in Crime Alley. Because that's right by where her clinic is. Uh, but then the mugger turns around, and the mugger runs into uh, Big Henry, who is a rather large individual, surly, and he has, but he has a large beard. But turns out he's actually a patient of Leslie's, so he, under no, you know, he under no certain terms, tells this guy to bugger off. Right. <laughs> and the, the guy drops a knife and runs, and then he turns and looks at you know looks at Leslie after scaring the ever loving bejesus out of this poor soul, and just smiles at her. And that's that's when you know that's when he she you know she tells him you know you don't need to be mean all the time Henry you know that's what we teach in class because she teaches an anger management class every Wednesday night. Those are the people that foreshadowing, if you will, right? But those are the people that matter the most in Gotham, man. Like the. He, like fuck the people, the rich people are going to, to the Gotham Memorial Hospital. Like those guys, mm-hmm. are, no, we, the real people, are the ones that are working in the alleys by Crime Alley and braving the place, man. Like, oh yeah, you, you hear those stories where you know, like, oh, this rich couple was murdered in Crime Alley. Oh really? Because if this happened right now in uh, any given city, a rich couple, where were they? Well, what, what, what? Can't believe this terrible tragedy. What were they doing there? Uh, they were probably buying drugs. <laughs> yeah, they were. You but, don't. You don't go to Crime Alley for the view. No, but but the the thing about Gotham is is the people that are in those areas that you know trying to do good, like the the right people notice and will protect them. I love the fact that it started out that way, man. That's great. But yeah, so you know, Leslie ends up making it into her office. And then in there is Clown Hunter who broke through a window and is bleeding. <laughs> All right. Time to patch up some punk ass little kid. Yeah, punk you know, patching him up while he's telling you know, telling her what telling her what happened. Because Batman told her told him to visit her if she if he ever needed anything. Right. So he she's you know, she basically starts asking the questions, you know, what's a kid like you doing in a place like this at a time like this? You know, what's what's going on with you? And she talks about and he talks about how you know he was just a normal kid playing video games, freaking, and his parents owned a faux restaurant, and apparently, this place had the uh, the best faux in town. And apparently, Harley Quinn was a very big fan of this faux, and the Joker had never had faux. Oh no! So they walked into this restaurant purely so the Joker could try faux for the first time. So apparently Joker liked it enough, and they were basically like, "Hey, you know, it's on the house because you're the Joker." <laughs> yeah. 
and he ends up Joker gassing freaking uh, Bao, um, Bao's parents. Was it was it like that um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico bullshit where Johnny Depp goes in, orders the same thing, loves the shit out of it, it's the best thing in the world, and immediately goes and executes the, the fucking cook? Yep. Pretty much, pretty much word for word, unfortunately. So, of course, freaking the police, Gotham police show up. And as Bow's leaving, he runs into Batman. And, you know, Batman is just like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry I wasn't there. I'm sorry for your loss. And Bow just looks at him and he's just like, what are you going to do about it, though? <laughs> Wrong words. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, what are you going to do about it? And all Batman can say is, you know... I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna do what I can. I'm gonna stop the Joker. And Bow just responds with, "How are you going to make sure he doesn't hurt people again? And do you promise you're gonna do something about this?" And Batman hands him a batarang, and then it's just like, "Yes, Bow, I promise." And that's where things go horribly, horribly awry, because every time Joker gets out, Bat yes, Batman puts him back in you know Arkham Asylum. But somebody else keeps getting hurt. Every single time he turns around, every time, every single time Joker gets out, somebody gets hurt. And Bow is just sitting here watching his hero fail every single time. That's such a... And he keeps... That, that's the conundrum, though. That's the conundrum, though. Because Bow doesn't know the fact that in order for Joker to exist, Batman has to exist. If one of them takes the other, the other person out, I mean, like... I was watching uh, uh, the latest spoilers for Batman Beyond, and, you know, oh, man, mm-hmm. it would be best if Bats were here. and Yeah, it'd be great, and then it ended up being uh, Dick Grayson sitting there next to him, like, puts a bullet in this guy's head that was uh, the Joker, as he's laughing his ass off and sweating all his, his makeup off, and he, you, you can't, but at the same time, how are you going to present this, like, weird paradox to a kid who had yeah. lost his parents? <laughs> Yeah, he was 14 when they died. He's 17 currently. So, I mean, he doesn't have a full understanding of, you know, quote-unquote, how the world works yet. He just sees his hero failing time and time again. And it's it's one of those things, you know, you don't ever want to meet your heroes because it's only going to lead to disappointment. Agreed. You know? And on top of that, and he, Bowser's just trying to live his life, trying to make do with, you know, survive, basically. And for three years, he's able to survive... And then Joker War happens, and all these people get these masks, and all of a sudden they think you know they think they're hard, and they're gonna they're gonna just destroy things. Did, and somebody just knocks on his door one day, and they're just like he's like, "Is there a doctor here?" And Bow's like, "No, why?" And he's just like he's like, "They just set Mrs. Wynn on fire. They just set his shit. neighbor on fire. Just a, just a nice old lady who never did nothing to nobody." And they just set her on fire because they could. Full immolation, man. There's a uh, the to, to put it in perspective. I mean, like that's the one way I would not want to die. And mm-hmm. the other, the other, I was uh, talking to my mom the other day because we brought up the. I don't know if you remember this movie called Not Without My Daughter by Sally Field. And uh, okay, it, it was it was Sally Field. Uh, she was living in the states, uh, American, and her husband was played by uh, the guy that played uh, Doctor Octopus. Um, Oh, freaking! It's amazing too, freaking! What's his name? Yeah, he's, he's he played Freddie like Oscar or something, I think. Yeah, he he played Freddie Callow's uh, 
uh, husband in the in the Freda movie by Sama Hayek. Mm-hmm. Let me look that up here. Let me fact check this Freda. Why awesome. I, why can't I remember his fucking name? Because I love him. Freda. And I remember I'm gonna be I'm gonna feel like an idiot as soon as you say it too. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, let's see. Let me just look at Spider Man Two. Spider Man Two. Come on. Doobie doobie doo. <laughs> Yeah, do be, do be. I guess we actually we should probably do the thing from Jeopardy. Actually, <laughs> Alfred Molina. <laughs> Alfred, goddamn it, Alfred Molina. Alf, Alfred Molina. So we're talking about this movie. Like, remember that movie, Mom? And she's like, yeah, and like you know, like the uh, he's playing uh, Rudy, and like everyone's bullying him at work because he's uh, Islamic, and uh, they go back to uh, either Iran or Iraq. I can't remember. It's been like since the eighties I saw this movie, but. They move in with his family, and the the abuse begins immediately, and she has to escape to the American embassy with her daughter. But uh, I I brought up the fact uh, she's like, yeah, they can legally kill kill your kill their wives. I'm like, yeah, but the way to shame them as the wife that is being uh, overly abused is self immolation. If you are a wife uh, in this one of those countries and you set yourself on fire and kill yourself. You yeah you die and escape the the pain, but it also shames the family and marks them and makes them uh, makes them uh, disrespected within the community. Like the, the, they'll become outcasts. And but the fact that like it just put that in, in perspective, like the the idea of being set on fire by a bunch of uh. assholes, or or you can think mm-hmm. about the the monk on the cover of uh, Rage Against the Machine's first record. Um, yeah, in protest, and then that sort of thing happening. Of course, like I keep thinking what you were saying over and over, Batman failing. Because if I, I would, I would be that bright-eyed kid uh, playing with my Batman toys, beating up Joker, watching him beat up Joker on TV, and like, yeah, go, go, Batman. But failing, mm-hmm. like so. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of like you know when when you know when bad stuff happens with cops, you know. Are the are the cops necessarily bad people, or did they just you know, you know they they just didn't get there soon enough? Agreed. Either you know, unfortunately, somebody still died regardless. You know, is it because you know, like I said, is it because the freaking you know it was the cop just didn't respond to the call soon enough, or was the cop on his way and they just didn't make it? I mean, either way, somebody died. So you know, in either way, when you're looking at it like a kid, if you're a bright eyed kid and that's that's your hero, that's what you want to do with your life. And freaking, you see them fail time and time again, and people just keep dying. The bodies keep piling up. After the promise, you know, what? How you? Well, you freaking the results the same. People are dead, and you promised. And that's horrible. And you promised. Yeah, and that that one kid, the kid, the kid you promised you would make this better. Whether whether you know killing the Joker or not, mm-hmm. you know the Joker is still there. People are still dying. So Batman has failed. Does it show him assemble his costume, and do we get like one of those good montages? Yeah, he 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 DIYs it actually. Like just right then, and like he freaking he finds one of the one of the masks on the ground. One of the uh, the Joker the the crew, one of the people that was just hiding behind the mask. He finds one on the ground, goes inside, spray paints it black, breaks a broom, puts the broom on top of the helmet, making his mohawk, and then he takes the bat the batarang that Batman gave him. And makes his bat bat. So he just puts the battering right through that bat, and then just goes out there and murders the clown that that set this old lady on fire. 
Beautiful, man. That uh, like he bring, he's got a Molotov cocktail in the hand, in his hand, and he's talking about what he did to her. And freaking, you know, he just takes his bat and hits the freaking Molotov cocktail, sets the guy ablaze right then and there. See, that's that's something that like we need to pause on for a second. I've never killed anyone, but I've certainly mm-hmm. hit someone with all my might before and laid them the fuck out. And, okay. And my first response wasn't cool. It was like. I wasn't happy with what I just did, and I was not happy at how easy my anger just, boom! Like, like it was this odd feeling. Uh, I was, tr- like, you remember getting in a fight, like, in, like, first grade, and you win or lose, but you're still crying. Both of you guys are in the principal's office still crying. And, yeah. And But then, like, he just murdered a guy. Like, he, he, like from all accounts, I have no, no accounts of, that this guy has ever been in a fight in his life, and he just murdered mm-hmm. someone. And yeah, and then now he's solidified. This is he's he's stained in blood, and he wants more. And man, that was one. Of, I, I think that was my favorite part about Joker War. Was watch was watching this kid just fucking execute people. No question. Yeah, no, it was he, he was definitely the standout. I would say he's probably the standout character of Joker War to be sure. I, I probably the standout guy of all the. You know, between Ghost, Ghost Maker, freaking Mirror, you know, uh, pun- it'd be between him and Punchline for a character that kind of came out there as as like the hot new character. Uh, it's all about. But him. yeah, but the thing is, the thing is though, is that he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't necessarily. It doesn't make him feel happy. Yeah, exactly. But it makes it, exactly. it feels. It feels right though. Is what it is. It he feels like this makes sense. People are hurting other people, so you hurt them back. That is what he. That is the first time since his parents died that he felt like he was doing something right. Man, I would take it to another level on that one, man. Like people hurt each other every day, but the clowns were out there murdering people, and it was a. This was a. I think about Brad Pitt's uh, a speech in Glorious Bastards. You know, we we've mm-hmm. got we've got an evil bastard out there, and he needs to be eliminated. And yeah. these guys weren't just your regular Joker thugs that were robbing banks and. You know, putting stuff in people's hairspray. This was, they were destroying the city. Yeah. Murdering people in cold blood on the streets. And there's, I can't think of anyone that was evil or good that would say no to what he was doing. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, people are cheering him. Like, the, the Narrows are safer because of Clown Hunter. The people that, the people that follow the Joker fear Clown Hunter. Which is, you know, it's interesting because, like I said, he's still just a 17-year-old kid. But, like, the interesting part about it, the reason he came to Dr. Tompkins in the first place was because when push comes to shove, he and he had the opportunity, he did not kill Harley Quinn last issue. He, he wanted to. He was going to, but she talked him out. She, you know, she talked him out of it. And now he's in, he's not sure what to make of himself because he let the girl that led to his parents' death because it was her idea to go to that faux restaurant. She knew what was going to happen. She was the catalyst. Yeah, she was totally the catalyst. And at the end of the day, freaking, he let her. He let her go, and he doesn't know. He doesn't understand why. You know, she she may have changed. She may be doing good, but at the end of the day, she is still the one that hurt his parents. Which, like I said, is vastly interesting because it does bring up that thought process of can people change? You know, does this just because you did bad things in the past? Does that necessarily mean you can you can't get you know you can't be you can't handle things better down the road you can't make amends? 
I, I agree. Every, everyone does deserve a second chance. Uh, some people even deserve a third or fourth. Um, but even then, the the fact remains that they're, he's a member of the Bat family now. Whether he likes it or not, and he's the first one other than uh, Jason Todd as um, Red Hood that is perfectly okay with murders. Like, Jason Todd will yeah. hunt someone. Will hunt someone that really deserves it, but... This guy's street level, man. Like he doesn't differentiate between that shit, man. There, yeah. It's 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 you or me. No, it's 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 us against them. And yeah. Does he have like a? Is he buying into his hype? Like you can definitely like you can tell he definitely he definitely understands that people are okay with him. Like people aren't reporting him. You know they're not reporting him to the cops. They're not telling the bad guys where he's at. Like they're he they like the people understand why he's there. They almost it's almost like he's a ne- you know a necessary evil, if you will. Right. But I think I don't think he like he doesn't necessarily like enjoy it per se. But he does feel like he's doing the right thing, even if even if the right thing is wrong. It's still the right thing because people need to pay for their crimes in his mind, and people need to people need to you know pay for them brutally. Apparently, well, the people he's been going after. I mean, he got lucky starting out. He wasn't taking some street level guys robbing some old lady on the side of the street. He's been taking out yep. some like superhero level like fucking goons, some some. Uh, foot soldier guys that have no names and no one's going to remember them and it doesn't matter. No. Uh, Cause that's, that's the thing too, is that you know, when the, as soon as Joker war ended, these people just took their mask off and went back about their daily business. They, they hid back in the shadows. They're still out there, you know? And if they were, if they were willing to do it because the Joker drove Gotham a little crazy, who's to say they wouldn't do it. If two faced drove people crazy or the penguin, right. Or, you know, killer croc, let's say anybody, you know, it draws me back. This could easily bounce right back. Agreed, and it draws me right back to fucking glorious bastards. Like you, okay, so you made a, a, a tree with uh, with our guys. Yeah, that's great. You're gonna go home. You're gonna live in Nantucket. Uh, no one's gonna know who you are. You're gonna take that Nazi uh, uniform off, and no one's gonna know the difference, right? He's like, yeah, well, I can't abide that. <laughs> and yeah. uh, carves that swastika in his forehead. So everyone will always know he's a fucking Nazi. And but these yep. fucking Joker goons took their mask off, went back to their fucking day job, and uh, paid no fucking retribution, no no compense to uh, what they did. And, yep. and like man, that was one thing that like really kind of like chapped me about the Joker War was we're still telling it in a canon level Batman story, and. Mm-hmm. The what the the impact of what they were doing, I think, was lost compared to just the chase of the Joker. And yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the entire city went insane, completely batshit crazy. Remember, they were leading them all in the into the theater to get gassed, and yeah. and, and the theaters, and they were told you're gonna die there. But like, no, Joker's got our back. You know, you know, fuck you, He's Batman. Giving us all this money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, just back to the movie, man. He's like, "Yeah, who loves you? Joker loves you, and here's all this money." And <laughs> but, man, you know, he's such a he's such a conundrum of character. I'd, I'd like to play with this on like a like a four issue level, man. Like, I'd want to write out where he killed the wrong fucking guy. Yeah, I mean, what if so? Yeah, what if he killed somebody and somebody came after him for the same reason 
you know, he killed somebody and somebody's kid, somebody's freaking dad, somebody's mom, and freaking he went out there and now he's the guy that deserves to die. Yeah, so, I, mean, I, I think that's something you could definitely definitely play with in like a four issue miniseries or something. Dude, we gotta write that. You man. know, I'd love to. I'd love to write that with you, man. Like we're that'd like, be interesting. I'd be down. Let's say some guy. Uh, living in Gotham in the shittiest part and, you know, finds a Joker mask and grabs it, takes it home and loses his job because of whatever the hell's going on and has to rob a fucking grocery store. And he's yeah. got the wrong mask on. Clown Hunter kills him and then finds out that this guy was really just trying to feed his fucking family. In Gotham. You don't need him. Left yeah, I mean, it could definitely happen. That'd be, and it's a it's a real life story, man. Freaking wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, because he's enjoying he's he's only enjoyed the fruits of his labor. Like he's not killed anyone that didn't deserve it. Yeah, and not yet. Still a kid. He's yeah, like those... and what what if somebody happens to grab freaking somebody else's you know mask? What if he just finds a mask on somebody like in their backpack at school? Yeah. And he's he, he is, he's seventeen, so if he's going to college soon, um, you know, you remember, remember going to college and you're just so full of ideals, and and mm-hmm. and then you find out most of your ideals were bullshit, and you should stop like studying, you know, transcendental French uh, uh, <laughs> uh, literature. <laughs> it's just one of those. I was, I was I was really big into underwater basket weaving in college, so I understand. <laughs> I remember being the. Uh, one of two guys in a women's gender studies literature class, and uh, that was interesting. <laughs> Anytime we we opened our mouth, the whole fucking class turned and looked at us and said, shut the fuck up with their eyes. <laughs> nah, it was fun. I, I only went to four of those classes in the entire semester, and I still got a B plus. After that, they changed the attendance, uh, attendance standards. <laughs> yeah, that'll definitely happen. Shoot. Well, I appreciate that on 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 Clown Hunter, man. Like that's something that really needs to be thought about because mistakes are on the horizon. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing too is it's it's very it's very similar to what happened with Batman, like Bruce Wayne, but it's not the same. It's not the same thing. It's just different enough, you know. It, you know, you're perfectly right, especially like times now. I mean, like back in the day in the '30s, yeah, like mom, dad going through crime alley to get the car. You know, Joe Chill shows up puts a couple bullets in them, and that was the worst thing that in, anyone could imagine. Like, now we've got, I mean, like, uh, and this is kind of a, a tangent, but can you imagine uh, the, the dude that wrote the Book of Revelations writing the Book of Revelations now with, with the imaginatory uh, capability we have now? It's not just a, uh, it's a oh, nice shirt, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It was a present for my wife. Uh, I think it's a it's a Teddy Guerrero looking like yep. freaking uh, what's it Spider Man two hundred I believe three hundred three hundred I, I thought it was three hundred yeah. but then I was like no four hundred is the one where he's in the spider armor huh yeah yeah okay that's that's where I got confused yeah you, you've got the uh, McFarlane uh, three hundred on that's awesome yeah dude fucking freaking the issue numbers and dating won the world title and everything. Dude, it happens, man. It, Dude, it just sticks out. Yeah, freaking. Every now and then, you get that perfect freaking gift, and my wife goes above and beyond every time. Dude, I got the perfect gift today, man. You got me that Pedro's the Mall shirt I've been wanting for fucking years, man. I was always so jealous of all those like 
actual hardcore Mexicans, way more hardcore than me, wearing Pedas de Mall in the fucking crowd. Like, no one, like, <laughs> like I, I, was, I showed my mom that. She's like, oh, that, like, she translated the back for me, and she's like, what is this? And it's a wrestling shirt. I could get killed for going to the wrong part of Mexico City with this shirt. She's like, bullshit. And I'm like, no, I could literally get killed wearing this shirt in the wrong part of Mexico. And she's like, don't wear that shirt in Mexico. <laughs> It seems like that's an easy problem to fix. I don't know, man. I mean, Ray Ray <laughs> made it out of the stadium that day, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> For you say it. For, for the record, though, you and Ray Mysterio are on two completely different levels. About a foot and a half. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. other stuff. He has a family, millionaire. Stupid kids are wrestling and literally a living legend. Literally, yeah, I'm just some. Literally changed the business. (laughs) Okay, I wouldn't have made it out of the stadium that day, but Ray Ray did. (laughs) You wouldn't have made it out of the ring that day. No, no, Jesus, man. All right. Yeah. All right, all right, Shatskis. I'll drink to that. Mm-hmm. Ah, smooth. Mortal Hulk number forty-one. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna inundate you with some Hulk. I'm gonna go. Who doesn't quick. love a good Hulk? All right. So, for everyone that is not reading Hulk currently, uh, Immortal Hulk is an actual horror story right now. The way that, like, if you, like, if someone came up to you and told you a horror movie and said. Man, Freddy Krueger is my favorite horror movie, or the Saw movies are my favorite horror movies. That's nice, man. I really appreciate that. Like, you know, I'm uh, as a horror aficionado, like I I don't want to shit on people's like you know taste. Like, yeah, I'm 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 glad that scares you. Like, you're supposed to get scared. I'm glad you're still scared of Freddy. But in my heart of hearts, I'm like fuck that shit. Uh, that shit's not scary <laughs> at all. And the Immortal Hulk has been a horror story that has divvied the Hulk's conscious. In, I want to say, probably nine or ten different directions now. In the last issue, uh, the leader has fully taken over, killed Banner, well, killed Banner and took him to actual hell, the red level, underneath the green level, which is still underneath normal human hell. Uh, the green level is where, if you're gamma powered, you, you will be able to come back to the green door. Uh, the leader, who took over pretty much everybody, has. Uh, he absconded with actual banner and has uh, mutated him beyond belief, and he's being tortured actual in hell. And the last we left is uh, Joe Chill, the final uh, Devil Hulk, is apparently murdered. Um, Joe Chill's the only one left in the psyche, jumps out of an airplane, and lands on fucking Coney Island, only meant to be by the, by the thing. The thing and him have some. Uh, you know, unanswered business. They, they go tete-a-tete, it happens. And while it's happening, uh, the Hulk is, he's tiny. I mean, he's really skinny and really thin. And he's crying through the whole thing, man. And, and the entire time, you know, it's clobbering time, but eventually, uh, he's he just beat this tiny, barely powerful Hulk, punches him in the face and says, you know, fucking Spidey hit harder than that when he was fucking Franklin's age. <laughs> like, what the hell's going on here? And 
as he's broken both his arms and legs, uh, Joe Chill forms out a Hulk and says, hey, you're beating up on a retarded kid right now, man. You're beating up on a kid. And uh, he's like, are you okay? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, you're... Your your arms and legs are broken. Hold on a second. Green the healed and thing takes him to go to uh, get a hot dog and they they talk it out and he tells them, listen, like this is a great dog. This is what's happening. Nothing you can do can help. And he's like, no, no, like I know Stearns is involved. You you told me the leader is, is in on this. Like you know you know Reed versus Stearns. We can do something. He's like, no. No, you can't. You have no idea what's going on, and you have to fuck off. And uh, the thing tells them this wonderful story about uh, coming back uh, as the thing, and tells them, "Listen, I remember when I came back to the thing. I, I I rejoined Judaism." He told the story of learning the story of Job, and that was the story he told at his bar bar mitzvah, like as he was older, as the thing. And they, they're comparing everything that is happening right now to the Hulk, to the story of Job, where he's, like, everything's being removed with a, a, a deal from the devil. Mm, okay. And, man, I don't know where they're going with that, especially because, like, God has never had, like, I mean, we, we've had, you know, they've actually referenced, like, the green levels under human hell. Like, it's worse. Mm -hmm. But you can get out, but... Getting out sucks, and coming back is going to be even worse, but the idea, because Al Ewing has been writing this since issue one, and he has never, ever fucked up on any of it. Like, everything comes off really, like, the, the quotes, each issue starts with a quote. Like, uh, do you read The Crow? I didn't read it. I've, I've seen the movie, so. Uh, the, the, if you read The Crow, but the original James Abar version, like, there's a lot of, like, song lyrics, and... Uh, mm -hmm. He's constantly, L. Ewing is constantly picking song lyrics. Like, The Crow is like a lot of, like, The, the Cure and, like, Joy Division and stuff. Uh, but, yeah. like, he's referencing, like, um, Paradise Lost and, like, a lot of classic literature. Like, where like, you, you ever read a, 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 a something you know should be powerful because you turn the page, it's all black, white letters, I should pay attention to this. And you read it and you're like, what the fuck that yeah. mean? And you reread it and then you're like, I gotta read, like, reading Shakespeare. Yeah, and you reread it, break it, break it, break it down so you can understand it every, better. Every single word and syllable matters. And okay, so that's what's happening there. And then when it goes down to Mortal Hulk number one, uh, the uh, King of Black, uh, Tiny Hulk drops into New York out of the sky, and he's fighting a two-headed symbiote. And it's right around Christmas, and he's. He finds this guy, he drops a, a toy, a, a package, you know, he got everything wrapped, and Kid Hulk sees a toy, and he's attacked by a symbiote, and immediately, it, it, he's a kid, and he's looking in these department store windows, and he sees, like, the, uh, like, he's looking into, uh, Mantlos, uh, they might be shorter, but he sees the mechanics, the, uh, the non-erector set that... You know, because they can't use brand names that that little Bruce Banner yeah. would would build when he was a kid, and he sees it, and he wants to touch it, and he immediately has flashbacks to getting kicked in the head, and his director set getting destroyed, and he just bashes it, and he starts crying, and demutates, remutates, and then he takes down a two headed symbiote in a in a department store, 
uh, as he, <laughs> as, but like that was chill. Joe Chill felt the pain in this kid, and this is so weird to me is that there's a kid like where where Banner was in control of this giant Hulk that would destroy, well, kind of in control that would you know destroy anything that was hurting Hulk. But Joe Chill is in control of like a, a, a eight year old skinny Hulk, and it ends with the. And Al Ewing wrote this one too. This is one just one of those bullshit, fucking like side stories that you know you may or may not get. It doesn't matter if you you, you get it or not. It's not going to impact the story. He, Al Ewing still wrote this. Aaron Cooter uh, was the artist. But the weird thing was was that the uh, quote was at the end as opposed to the beginning. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. And mm. that's where I think from Charles Dickens' Christmas Story. That's where I think that it's tied into both is because obviously the Hulk's probably going to have some sort of big deal to help destroy Noel, but at the same time they still got to make sure that this little side story wasn't some bullshit thing written by some D-list writer that took over, ah, just let this guy do it. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. So we've, we've got, they're, they're cementing the fact that the Hulk right now is a eight-year-old kid who's skinny and is crying all the time and wants his mommy can but of all the because remember joe chill was the vegas bouncer guy man yeah it was gray too if i remember correctly oh yeah great it was that's when he came came back as great and mm-hmm. it was kind of like the smart badass agreed but he wasn't as smart as as banner he was just yeah smart enough to be a fucking like vegas bouncer make a lot of fucking money but of all mm-hmm. the hulks that that chill gets to control now of everyone that's been destroyed in the uh in the in the green level in the green level of hell is the kid <laughs> like in like, so, so, so how many how many hulks are there running around at the time okay so as of right now uh devil hulk is killed uh sakar hulk is uh in bondage uh actual okay. dummy hulk is destroyed as well banner's in banner is in hell being dismantled uh, the leader is using uh, Rick's body as well as part of the Hulk's power, and that's where the last issue ended, uh, where he actually was able to use Green Door and some of the the uh, technology they were using to find all the Hulk baddies at the time mm-hmm. to come into the world. Um, then there's Joe Chill, um, and then, of course, there's Hulk's dad, or Banner's dad, um, Wow, there's, I feel like I'm missing like two or three. Professor Hulk has not showed up. Neither has Maestro. But they've been releasing all the Maestro like 1 and 2, which they're reprinting all of the shit from the late 90s uh, oh, okay. where Maestro first showed up, and they're, they're building up on that. And also the other Hulk that I don't know if they're going to involve it is the redneck inbred Hulk that was in control. Old Man Logan Hulk? Hey, old Man Logan Hulk, yeah. That that hasn't happened, but they have they have encountered the offspring of old man Logan Hulks that weren't, you know, butchered, that by, brutally murdered by Wolverine, <laughs> brutally murdered by Wolverine. I love that phrase, brutally murdered by Wolverine. I remember, there, I remember there was claws and heads and snot going everywhere. Yeah, it was a good time, dude. When he came out of the water, when those guys, oh were, yeah, when they're washing up and, <laughs> hey, where'd you go? <laughs> All right. I'm going to die. <laughs> but, Pretty uh, much. The, to finish it up, uh, Captain America, I mean, like, um, Peggy's back. Uh, there are the, 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 a lot of flashbacks to when um, 
the Red Hulk, I'm sorry, not Red Hulk, Red Skull had the Tesseract and pulled that little girl out of it and shattered reality uh, for, was it Secret... What was it when, like, Captain America turned Hydra? What was the name of that story? Secret, no, Secret. Oh, Secret Empire. Secret Empire. And so there, there's semblance of that. Peggy, Peggy's back. And we've got Winter Soldier. We've got Falcon. I mean, there's a raid on Red Skull. And Red Skull is currently torturing Thunderbolt Ross. And oh, geez. Taskmaster, no, not Taskmaster, um, Crossbones. Okay. Is torturing him. And like, hey, we gotta go. Crossbones. Okay, cool, random henchman. Uh, make, make sure he suffers. Sure. <laughs> like, it just made me think of like uh, Austin Powers. Like, wait a minute, what are you doing? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm gonna put him in a. Uh, you're putting him in a slowly turning uh, death device with one inept guard. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> that that that's what happened. And I'm, I'm glad Red Hulk's back, but you know he he gets a bullet to the head and now he's back. But the only reason why we can even say that is because he's got the gamma, and yeah. I'm wondering how they're going to reference that to the to the red level, which is under the green level of hell, the green level. Where, where they've got Banner being tortured. I don't know how they're going to fucking tie that into because this is this issue was all over the place, dude. It sounds like it too. It was it was all over the place, but just recapping some Hulk. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross comes back. He fucks up all the baddies. But he comes back, looks Captain America right in the eye, and salutes him and be continued. Mm. Um, I'm happy Thunderbolt's back, man. Like I love the Red Hulk. I I I, I really loved the uh, Ed McGinnis run uh, when Red Hulk first showed up. I loved every actually loved everything Red Hulk ever did. World uh, the War of the Hulks. Uh, I especially loved him on Thunderbolts. Um, but it's Thunderbolt Ross now back as Red Hulk. So let's see what they do, and I hope they tie it into what's going on in the Hulk. But that's it's just, just the best mustache in Marvel. Shoot, best guy, dude. Like you read my mind, man. Like he, like full blown, <laughs> like fucking Tom Selleck stash. Exactly. I'm gonna send you the. I'm gonna give you a quick screenshot of this. I'm gonna send it to your phone real quick. What the cover is. Give me one second. This, Text message that because it's it's fucking Alex Ross. Nice. Morales sending photo. <laughs> you still there, brother? Let's uh let's take a quick break and go into fell. Sweet. Cool. I just gotta send you that photo right now, and we are at fifty-eight minutes. Oh wow! Okay. You know we killed that much time. Shoot. Dude, this is what happens when you're kicking ass. That's true. Oh, we didn't go over. I don't know if you still wanted to or not, but I didn't go over Harley yet. Oh yeah, for sure, sure. That was that. Let's see that. Uh, let's take a break. We'll go to Harley, and then we'll go into Phil. Sweet. Sounds like a plan. Cool. Bye. Guys, as always, we got to take a quick uh, uh, trip to the uh, little boys' room. Not with little boys, but uh, as you know. Uh, now I just got awkward. Ah, sorry about that. I, I always fucked <laughs> it up. <laughs> 
give me some Harley Quinn, man. Some White Knight, man. Because I just fucking, like, the other night got drunk and put all the fucking White Knight McFarlane's. <laughs> Dude. All right. So I guess we should probably start with a Scotia backstory in this Scotch. one. So freaking, um, the whole story originally with White Knight, which was interesting, was that Joker wasn't actually crazy. He was just ill and needed pills. And Batman, like, shoved pills in his face and basically made him sane. And freaking, uh, turns out there, Joker's actually got two personalities. Uh, Jack Napier, which is obviously the name from the 89 Batman movie. Perfect name. And then uh, Joker. And Jack was the guy that Harley fell in love with. You know, and turns out that freaking, um, they were together in, in this universe. They're together before he became Joker. He got oh. sick while they were together. And freaking, that's actually why Harley becomes a psychiatrist and why she goes to Arkham specifically is because Jack stops to, like, he, his meds aren't working anymore and he he runs off. I like he that. Leaves. I like that way better than what happened in Harleen where she was just like super intelligent and just falls in love with the wrong fucking douchebag as opposed to uh, her trying to heal the person she loves. That's fucking rad. Yeah. So like she she goes to Arkham she she gets on the team and basically like she both dreads and hopes that they'll just every time they bring in a new patient it'll be Jack that she can it helps with the whole making you know helping him get better because she actually knew the man he was before and funny enough Batman actually ends up kind of like at in the first initial. Um, Bat Knight or White Knight series, Batman was basically the bad guy because he basically was beating up this guy who was mentally ill, and like Batman ends up going to jail over it. Like he's in car and Bat Bruce Wayne's incarcerated. That's wonderful. In, by the time Harley, by the time the Harley Quinn series starts, and like Harleen and Batman and Bruce are are friends. Like they might they might even love each other. Um. On one of those. But it starts. It starts out with uh, actually the introduction of Simon Trent, who, for anybody who's been a big fan of Batman the Animated Series, knows Simon Trent is actually the uh, the Gray Ghost, who was a, a character in the Golden Age that was a superhero that Batman actually grew up idolizing. Wonderful. And the whole thing is he's he's held captive. By somebody that we refer to as a starlet, whether that's actually her name or not. And she's um, basically a uh, Golden Age actress, or made out to be a Golden Age actress. And she's trying to interview Simon Trent about his relationship with another Golden Age starlet by the name of Sophia Valentine. You know, and Grey Ghost did all his own stunts, so he's actually able to break the the um, the knot that's holding him to the chair, and is able to call nine one one and escape. So from there, we go to a diner. Oh, and Harle- Harleen and uh, Jack actually have two kids together now in this universe. Before I forget to mention that, is she already um, Harleen, or are we getting to development of Harley? Uh, she's already been Harley. Like they've they've gone through their whole Harley Harley and Joker stage. So she is now she's now Harleen again because her and Joker are you know her and Joker are separated. Um, I I can't remember if Joker is um just out of the picture or if he's actually dead or not. I think he's on the run again. Because he's part but of the actually, cops now, right? 
Um, they he was, but he's now he reverted to Joker during the Curse of the White Knight series. Because he he had gone he had basically healed himself and become Jack, taking the medication, but then the medication stopped working again. So he reverted to Joker status. Was there any public outcry against him being like not evil anymore? And oh uh, no, there was actually a, a groundswell of support. Really, like people were people were all about that second chance, and they had actually turned on Batman because they found out that the uh, the the governing body of Gotham had had a was funneling money out of a fund that was set up specifically to um pay for stuff that batman had ruined oh shit so and and jack napier had actually brought that to light and because of that he was he was beloved and batman was the people turned on batman and just like that just like that he's he's joker now like how did he become joker again i think the medication just stopped working so he reverted back to his other persona like he he was trying to be he was trying to be good and he trying to be good and at the end of the day, the medication that he needed to, to maintain his sanity failed him. That that happens often, man. Like you know, like uh, the dose just doesn't work anymore. Like yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you got sometimes sometimes you got up the dose. You gotta you gotta get that measurement right. Cause I'm I'm on heart medication. I'm on I'm on a heart medication, but I'm on blood thinners, so I have to routinely get my blood my levels checked. So that way, you know, I know if I'm between if I'm between a you know like two point five and three or three point five, you know, I'm I'm in my zone. You know, if I'm going above or if I'm going above that or if I'm going below that, they've got to adjust my dose, and I can take anywhere. For, I can I can have to have my blood work done at, um, anywhere from a week to six weeks, depending on how steady I am. You know, the first thing my mind went to was. Uh... A book I read, and I think in seventh and eighth grade, I think it was called Flowers for Algernon. Oh, the one with the mouse, yeah. And, and then they, they they made a movie called uh, Charlie, mm-hmm. and it was about like the mentally retarded man that they gave him the uh, the right experimental dose, meds, the right a dose of meds, and he becomes like super genius and falls in love with mm-hmm. a girl, and then the meds just stop working. Yeah, and he you know quickly you know goes back the way he was and then they, they made the movie i mean it also reminds me uh like like I, man, did I mean, they that make... was a heartbreaking book yeah it was man and then when they when they did the movie charlie and then watching him degenerate and then i mean what did they do one flew the cuckoo's nest before that i feel like those like it was i think little... i feel like it was written before that and, and it written beforehand um like, like it was one of those movies. Like it was like you know, this year we're doing guys in insane asylum movies, and it was like kind mm-hmm. of like uh, the fashion because it was, it was the same sort of film stock. And then I also think about Awakenings with uh, Robin Williams, where they were okay with uh, Robert De Niro, and like I think were they giving him cocaine in that movie? I don't remember off the top of my head. I, it like, sounds right, but I'm, uh, it's been forever. Where, where the the meds start working and then they just stop, like like they were supposed to be this specific way. But then at the same time, mm-hmm. though, uh, when you, when you throw in that monkey wrench that Bruce Wayne is incarcerated, yeah, you also like the the idea of what right and what is wrong at the same time, though, especially when you have the Joker whose idea is chaos is God. Yeah. And 
what is right or wrong in there? Like, like, okay, so, 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 sorry for that uh, tangent. But oh no, it's a great chant. I, I thought it was great. It really kind of brought a little bit of light, a little bit to light. Yeah, it, it just it, they just stopped working, man. Because like, I, I, I've read a little bit of of the White Knight. Like, I'd mm-hmm. read it and forget to down, buy it, download it, whatever, um, mm-hmm. and then um, and they get lost in it. Yeah. No, I think I, I think it's definitely kind of the fir- the second one wasn't as good as the first one, The Curse of the White Knight. The original White Knight was phenomenal. Like I remember, it came out around the same time as Doomsday Clock, and yeah. I liked it. I thought it was substantially better. Or no, it was a uh, Death Metal. The original Death Metal series was what came out around the same time. Yeah, all all at the same time. Yeah. So, but no. Tell us about hmm. Harley. Like, why are we focused on Harley? All right. Well, Harley's helping out the GTO, the Gotham Terrorism Oppression Unit. Like she's basically like you're using her for her psych, you know, her psychology background and the fact that she's, you know, she knows so many villains, you know. And like I said, there's this this starlet character who's killing off all these old um, stars from the fifties or from the the golden age, yeah, as they yeah. say. And she's she's um, she's hanging around with a guy named um, Hector Quimby who works for the FBI as a psychiatrist as well. And he's also helping out. He's helping out with all these these murders. So they're just hanging out at this diner real quick, kind of talking over the case. When he gets a call, like he he's going to tell her something important, but then he gets a call, and they have to go because they have to meet up at the crime scene because you know they they were able to save Simon Trent. So they all meet up together, and Simon Trent's talking about you know the situation with what happened, and like she was interviewing him. But the uh, the footage because they were using an old uh, old reel camera from the same generation, you know the old school cameras with the film reels in them. Very specific. Yeah, and uh, this this whole thing is all just kind of an interesting gimmick. And Duke Thomas is there, who is Signal in our world, but in um, in this reality, he's an ex GCPD cop who is now a part of the GTO as well. So they're talking about it, and then they they actually um, Dr. Quimby mentions his name to Simon Trent, who recognizes him as Sophia Valentine's son. Oh, who was the uh, the the um? There's your the monkey starlet that he was into. Yeah, there's your monkey. So wrench. Duke's just like, there's no way you can help out in this anymore, and he he counteracts with, "You're not going to get to see these stars. I know these people. I've." grown up around these people i can get you in and harley's basically a saying you know we got it we got to trust this guy because you know i had the same thing with the joker when i was trying to get into arkham asylum i had to hide the fact that me and jack had a relationship because it was a conflict of interest all right so she's (laughs) she's breaking rules (laughs) no she would never do that let's hear it yeah, so they end up going to this place called the Dark Room, which is an old, uh, an old camera store, basically. That is the only place in Gotham that would have this type of equipment. You know, the cameras themselves, the film reels and whatnot. And they're in, they're talking to the lady behind the counter. And then, again, Dr. Quimby mentions his name. And for some strange reason, she has a package for him. Ooh. So they go in the back. for you. Yeah, it's been waiting for you for some strange reason. So they go in the back, and it's a it's an old film reel, ironically enough. 
So they set it up because she's got one of like only three cameras in the city that still can run these machines or run the reels. And it's an old interview with his mom that like he had freaking he had interrupted and the interviewer actually ended up being able to calm him down. And Sophia basically hired his mom, hired her on the spot to be his nanny. Just because she was able to calm down, calm him down, right? Because she didn't want to, she didn't want to deal with him, basically. You know, they talk about, and then they end up going to see the mom, Sophia, and it turns out they hadn't spoken to each other in over a year. So there's definitely a strained relationship there. That that hurts, that man. Hurt. It's like that sort of like back from the past, like that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you got this monkey wrench. So, but at the same time, though. The bigger monkey wrench is Harley Quinn in the first place. Well, we're about to hit another monkey wrench. So they actually go to visit, like I said, they go to visit his mom, and Duke ends up showing her the footage, and it's just kind of, and they're, they're just kind of talking about this nanny, you know, who, you know, like I said, we know next to nothing about other than she, at one point or another, interviewed Sophia. And it turns out that Sophia is, she um, was doing her own stunts, and she's actually a really good at throwing knives. Was kind of her trick to stand out in these classic movies. And the 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 starlet was also able to throw knives, as pointed out to you by Simon Trent. So they they kind of end up talking her into showing off a little bit because she's quite the vain woman. And it turns out she is still she's still a master at throwing these knives. Like, she throws the knives, and she turns around and poses and says, ta-da! And you're just like, oh, this woman's such a bitch. <laughs> so, everybody, so everyone else leaves the room, and it's just Harleen and um, Sophia talking. And, you know, Sophia talks about how, you know, he's into old, like, Harleen's older than Dr. Quimby. And turns out, you know, his, his mom straight up says he's got an Oedipus complex. Again, Fuck. building on her own her own vanity, <laughs> and he's just like she's like, no, it's nothing like that. You know, I'm just you know, I'm a mom and a psychiatrist. This has nothing to do with any type of Oedipus complex. You know, he, you know, your son's not infatuated with you. He actually hates you. And then so, but Sophia turns around, and she, she's like, I know exactly who you are. You're Harley Quinn. You know, you don't know this, but you're actually the reason my son became a psychiatrist. You know, and, and she talks about how they had talked previously, and he, you know, he didn't know who she was until he was well into med school. And then she's like, oh, honey, you have no idea. You know, and then he, he t- she tells her that, like, when, when Dr. Quimby was a little boy, he was obsessed with Batman. And then eventually <laughs> that infatuation turned to a... Uh, an infatuation with Harley Quinn, and she and she straight up calls him, and is like, "Hey, if you don't believe me, go look at his bedroom right now. And I've kept it the same. I've kept it the same ever since he left." So she walks into the bedroom, and it is nothing but Harley Quinn memorabilia. We're talking a rug, pictures, dolls, a big old stuffed plushie, posters, everything is decked out in Harley Quinn. But then, in the very last picture, the very last scene, you see the starlet is hidden in that closet. Had to be. Yeah. It had to be. So, it's like, you know, you know, the starlet's obviously involved in this. Whether she was there to kill Sophia, 
or whether she's in league with Sophia. We'll have to wait till next issue to find out. Dude, this sort of storytelling, like, is the type of storytelling when you get to the end, you're like, I'm sad it's over. Yeah. Like, well, the thing, like I said, dude, I, I, I don't, I love Elseworld stories because you can take these characters and you can screw with them and mess with them. You create your own reality with them. You know, for your heart, you know, for your, like I said, I am by far, far from the world's biggest Harley Quinn fan. But I'm in love with this. This story is phenomenal because it shows her in a totally different light. You know, it shows her making it through the other the other side of it. You know, you see all these people talking about, oh, I love Harley Quinn and Joker, and it's like this big love story. No, dude, he no. beat the crap out of that girl. Like it was an abusive relationship. Nobody should want I to want, beat Joker and Harley. I want to be like just like Joker and Harley. So you want to get smacked around, poisoned, drugged. Forced to become or tricked and become a murderer, bitch. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. Like yeah. you talk, you people talk about this freedom that they have, and I'm just like, that's not a good thing. Like these people, freaking, you know. I don't. I, I've never gotten the whole. Oh my god, Joker Harley is an actual no, love story. No, not in the, nonsense. Not in the least bit, man. Like, and even then, like, if if that's the sort of story, you like, watch Natural Run Killers. At least Mickey Mallory are on the same fucking level. Yeah, at least they're on the same page. Yeah, Mickey and Miller are on the same page. Like, Joker is just a fucking... Like, he's got his agenda, and she's just there for the dick. And and, And this, though, this, though, freaking Joker... Like, it actually plays up Joker as the victim. You know? And it it, it makes sense. The guy's sick. You know, whether he freaking, you you know, whether he's able to control it or not, the guy's ill, and he needs help. You know, and it's just like it's it's a total it's a dichotomy from freaking the Joker we're normally presented with. The the first you know, time, you don't feel bad for him. Not in the least bit. The the first time I was presented with an idea of someone that was mentally ill that needed to be helped was I was staying up late at night, uh God, I think it was like nineteen ninety nine, maybe ninety eight, mm-hmm. and uh turned into Skinamax, eleven eleven at night. Parents are asleep, sister's asleep, and Skinamax, rated R, strong sexual content, sign me up, <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, and uh, yeah, and I, uh, I, I watched uh, Str- uh, Strangeland, oh, Strangeland, uh, filmed here in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. we got D Snyder, we've got Mr. Captain Howdy, who needs his fucking meds, who was totally on the mend until fucking, like, God, like, Robert England played the guy that dragged him out of his house and stepped on his pills. (laughs) 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 And then we go back to, you know, evil, uh, sadistic, BDSM, torture, and and murder. And then, like, but, like, at the same time, though, I remember watching this, like, D. Snyder really pulled that off. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, he did. I'm sorry. Like, I need help. I needed help. I've got the help now. And, but, now we're facing that with Joker. And I, I think that's totally plausible. I, 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 that's, that's the one thing, especially right now with cancel culture going on so heavy, is that people make mistakes. Yeah. They make mistakes. They might have been raised in the wrong culture, man. Like, I was raised, you and I were raised in great culture. Like, we don't, we're not racist assholes. 
we try to speak. <laughs> yeah, we tell shitty jokes, and but even then, like we we know what's right and what's wrong, and we stick by our deals. And yeah, there's definitely a line that you like. There's a moral code that should not. There's certain things that should not be said, should not be done. Agreed. And but like some you know, people were raised where do that shit, say that shit, fuck that mm-hmm. bitch, shoot that bitch. <laughs> no. And and is it their fault? I'm not one to judge because I'm not part of that culture. Uh, uh, yeah. You and I know better to stay away from it. But at the same time, though, uh, when someone wants to get better, let them be better. There are ways to do so. You know, yeah. there are ways to. There are people you can talk to. There are things you can do. I mean, there's there's options. You know, some people some people are, don't know about those options, and some people freaking choose not to accept those options. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, you know? like, like uh, growing up in. Not growing up, like when I was like a conscious human being uh, from mm-hmm. 19, uh, 20 to 29 in Oklahoma City. Like, I remember, like, there was a ton of, like, if you, I, I went to a million metal shows, and you get to a metal show in Oklahoma City, and you can show up at 5 p.m. because it was a big band just to make sure you got in, like, get front row standing. And yeah. there's already, like, 30 drunk Indian dudes there, well, native guys. And, okay. uh, well, like, you don't fuck with those guys, because they're already fucked up. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, aren't, don't you guys get free college? Um, I was told you got free college. Um, yeah. But that wasn't going to help them where they were, <laughs> in their circumstances. Uh, m- my gotcha. book knowledge said they got free college, but in the yeah. actuality... It didn't matter if they went to college or not. Like where they were growing up with, like uh, I, 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 like their circumstances, the fact that they were even just conscious, <laughs> like in in public, mm-hmm. um, dealing what they have to deal with and where, how they grew up, and like, and being productive members of society. That like, God, I, I sound like an asshole just trying to be like someone. Through looking glass on this thing, yeah. but like, like that's their circumstance. I don't know what their circumstances. Well, yeah. well, you you're know exactly right with that. that. It's fucked, and yeah. I can't say I know anything about it because I haven't lived it. But at the same time, though, they deserve whether or not there's some drunk asshole on the street, you tr- mm-hmm. or, or or Joker or fucking uh, Captain Howney trying to do something better. You can't fuck with someone trying to do better. Yeah. I mean, I remember freaking, I remember I had, like, stupid little story. Freaking, I had a buddy when I worked in a pharmacy up in Denver, and he was going to he was going to go to medical school, and, like, he needed a day off so he could go for his interview. And I covered for him, and I'm like, dude, freaking, like, I remember looking at him and being like, I'm not going to freaking not help you out when you're trying to better your life. Yep. You know, freaking, it's an extra eight hours for me. Agreed. Not a, not a huge deal. And he's like, he looked at me like, he looked at me like I was ridiculous. Like... And then he like, look at me, he's like, you're exactly right. Like, why wouldn't someone try to help that? And I was just like, it just kind of dawned on me, like, to him it was such a big deal. But, like, I don't think he really kind of wrapped his head around the whole idea. Because at the end of the day, that's all it was, was he was trying to freaking better his life and get into med school. But he just, it was such a simple thing for me to be like, yeah, I'll cover you. No big deal. Yeah, we, you and I got lucky. Some people didn't. Yeah. I mean, I remember taking the same dude to a, a strip club back in the day before I was with my wife, obviously. And freaking, like, he, he was um, 
he was Asian. I think he was from Korea, if I remember correctly. And like, he didn't know how to tip the girls. And I was just <laughs> like, and I was like, it took me a second to be like, you have no idea what this is like. This is like a totally new experience for you. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was like, it was a strip club and it was a joke and whatnot. Like I found it funny, but like to him, it was like, he was legitimately asking me this question because he'd never been in an establishment like this. Or seen on TV on the correct near to well movies you and I grew up on. Yeah, <laughs> about I mean, how to properly behave was. yourself in this, this yeah. sort of institution. Yeah, and the dude was like I said, dude was a great guy, way smarter than you know. For he was like I said, he got into med school. Smart dude. For you just, but like when it came to that environment, he did not. He he was in you know, I guess pun fully intended going in because I always intend my puns. Virgin territory, of course. <laughs> So my sister was telling me about like she's like man, like uh, she lost something today and we had to go buy another one and uh, she's okay. like it reminds me of uh, that time I uh, lost three hundred bucks at a fucking strip club. I'm like, he didn't lose three hundred dollars at a strip club. You go into a strip club to get robbed. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You, it, it is willing robbery. It is willing robbery. You go that like I was like shit, man. I remember when we were in New Orleans, we went to the Hustler Club on fucking mm-hmm. Bourbon Bourbon Street. She's like Hustler, like like no no like legit name brand Hustler. Like we we spent <laughs> like five hundred bucks there, and we got robbed. <laughs> like, but we chose to get robbed. We went in the institution. But before we get too far off that, man, like, everything we're talking about, like, it's so funny, like, the kismet on it is the fact that we're going to talk about Fell tonight. About, uh, Fell is, uh, Fell is written by Warren Ellis and illustrated by Ben Templesmith. Both these guys are legends, and the thing about Fell is, it's about a detective that is forced to go, he's, he's forced transferred from the nice part of the city into the shitty part of the city, what they call Snowtown, the feral city, over the bridge, and he's getting his apartment, And but all we know about what Detective Fell is that he's the best, but he did something really fucked up. He did something really, really bad. Like, so bad that, like, the only flashback we got was him, was his uh, partner taking Polaroid photos of him while he's his hurt, injured partner is in the infirmary taking photos of shit because he's not going to remember it tomorrow. And he's now transferred to the feral city. And he's getting his apartment. And, well, well uh, little things about Fell that a lot of people don't know about. This was an experiment in comic books. It was an idea to present a, a thick story... Like, like it's not a two dollar steak. It, it, it's a it's, it's filet mignon. It's filet mignon, but it's at the same time though you paid two dollars. That like that's what the thing was one ninety nine one ninety eight. It was it was printed on shitty paper, but like when you touch the actual like original issues, you're you're gonna get fingerprints all over it. Your your fingers are gonna stick to it. it. It's nice decent paper, but it's not as good as it should be. Um, it was, but that's the point. It, exactly, exactly. It was made to be a cheap comic for people that like pulp. And uh, the, I, I encountered it when I got back into comics back in 2007. 
And I went to Speedy, no, I went to Atomic Pop in Norman, Oklahoma, and I was like, hey, I'd like to buy, you know, really want to get back into comic books, and dude at the counter was like, well, what do you, what did you, do you read comics? So I used to, I was a big, big collector, and he's like, well, what would you read? I'm like, looking for some dark stuff, I, I was really into, like, Vertigo. So he takes me to the Vertigo section, shows me, like, uh, Digital Underground, a uh, couple other books, and, uh. I'm checking out, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to give you a comic book, but only because you're going to come back tomorrow to buy the rest. And he gives me fell number one. I go home, I read it like at like one in the morning, and I'm like, fuck, everything's closed. <laughs> go back the next day, buy the entire fucking rest of them. And it it's it's about this detective. We, we, we land, he's getting his apartment in Snowtown, and he doesn't know why it's called Snowtown. Or the feral city. He just, he sees bodies piled up on the side of the road. Like, what the fuck? Uh, and, like, his landlord is like, Hey, you know, thanks for the deposit. If you're going to film porn, don't clog the fucking toilets. Alright. <laughs> he's walking past his uh, next-door neighbor's uh, uh, apartment. And he opens the door and he sees a bunch of alcohol bottles. And he's like, fuck it, let's go get a drink. <laughs> and I'm flipping through this. But first and foremost, we're seeing an evil person in a Richard Nixon mask smoking a cigarette with a full nun costume. Yeah, she's creepy. Like, I never... Oh, that's the, you, you don't know what she's doing, but you know it's bad. It's bad. He goes gets gets a drink... Goes back with this girl named Mako and takes him back to his apartment. He's blackout drunk. He's taking a piss and he see he takes a peek. It's all the little things in this man. And like we're talking like nine panels per page or mm-hmm. six in a in a bottom splash page. And he's taking a piss and he's he focuses on uh, diazepam and lithium and knows that this girl's probably fucked in the head. And he leaves the bathroom. She's yeah, it was been, all psych meds. <laughs> all psych meds. Leaves the bathroom, and she immediately burns him with a hanger formed in a the uh, an S with an X in it, and burns him on the neck. She brands his ass. Goes outside, stumbling home, gets in a big-ass fight. He sees the neighbor again, and... Well, oh, the... I'm looking through this. I, it's been a while since I've read the whole thing. It was the next one that they find the... Uh, Issue two. Yeah, so he goes home. He's got this brand in his neck. Um, before, uh, I, want, I want your input on this, but before I get into it, like when I met Ben Templesmith uh, the second time, I had mm-hmm. this graphic novel, and I was like, handed to him. I really, like I didn't, I wasn't gonna buy anything off of him. He had a stack of shit to buy. I already owned all this shit. Like. Yeah. Handed him the fellow graphic novel. He says, first things first, opens up his uh, suit jacket, pulls out a red Sharpie, and just puts the the Snowtown logo right in the front. Pulls out a silver one, signs his name, 2015, puts another one in there, and he wants to know why I like Fell so much. And I was like, in front of everybody? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're going to make a spectacle out of you, boy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, uh, all right, so I, I call you, and I'm like, dude, you got to read this comic book. I'm going to throw it at you, and we got to see what you're going to do about it. Like, Oh, yeah, dude. Like, I, I put it off for, like, I think 
I kind of got in my weeklies. So I was like finished up my weeklies, and I was like, I'm gonna give this a shot. You know, like it, it was good, it looked cool, but like I, I think the first thing is like you 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 see the artwork, and you know it's gonna be dark. Like you can't do artwork like that and have it just be like your typical run of the mill comic. Not least it's it. gonna be dark. Freaking. It's dark. But yeah, I, like, I, I think I think like the first issue, I was like, huh. But like by the third issue, I couldn't put it down. <laughs> and I remember, I remember texting you, and I was like, "Dude, this is effing awesome." You're was, like, "I know." It was, like, it was like eleven in the morning. I was at work, and you're like, "Felt fucking awesome." I'm like, "Fucking told you, man." But not fucking even right. told you, not even a told you so. It was one of those like, feelings where I was like, I was so jealous of you at the moment because I, <laughs> I wish I could erase my mind and reread this because we're we're like he gets home and he's. And he solves the crime while the neighbor's husband's dead. It was because uh, she got tired of his ass because he could no longer drink alcohol, but she could fucking put an enema up his ass and get him some wine. Yep. So, at that exclamation point, enema up the ass. Well, no, it wasn't even. It was was the wine that he was used to. He could handle the wine. It ended up being that it was the Everclear that actually did him in. Because she basically over-alcoholed him. She did it on purpose. And then you, yeah. got, you got this little girl staring at him while he's drunk as shit with a brain on his neck. And she's like, what about me? Yeah. Sell everything. Move over the bridge. Have fun. Good night. Yeah. And he just tells her what she needs to do. Because freaking... You you can't... You, you know, It's hard enough to... How could you raise a kid in that environment... Let alone your your dad's dead, your mom's in jail, your mom's going to jail. What are you gonna do? This is that that is somebody legit giving you truth. Not and to you me- have to handle it. You just have to absorb that and do it. You, you know, do it. Not to mention the fact that like like if he was Mister Top Dog fucking detective, mm-hmm. and one he- of four actually, which I always thought was funny. They or they had three and a half because one guy had lost his legs. <laughs> of course, they had three and a half detectives. Three and a half detectives, but like he's like if he was Mister Billy Badass, like the that was disgraced, and he could look a little girl where his her life is over and just say sell everything, go over the bridge, fuck you, I gotta go to sleep. Yeah, and and like I think that's one of the things that really resonated with me was the was the like. Yeah, I'm fucked up right now, and I just encountered something really fucking crazy, and do that, and just leave me alone. Like, yeah. just let me, let me fucking fester. I want yeah. to die. Like it, 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 it had some Constantine vibes. Like it was like it was like Constantine. If Constantine was no magic and just a detective, agree. He's good. The thing is, he's good at his job. He's just, but he, but he's still a piece of shit. Man, and that's one of the things that like really hooked me on it was the, and but it, he's not like the the thing about like I, I think that that's a great parallel. But the thing about everything Johnny does, everything Johnny touches it turns to shit. No matter if he solves the case or frees someone's soul, it, no mm-hmm. one wins. But yeah. he's, he's he's like was someone similar and thrown into the, the the worst environment. And the issue too, he's at the morgue, and this mortician is just like eating a sandwich. Over a dead body. Oh, the tomato. <laughs> the tomato. <laughs> the tomato. The tomato, man. Like, I'm on that page right now. 
<laughs> I'm on that page right now where he's just like he picks it up out of the body with some like clamps and it's difficult to get fresh fruit around the <laughs> on this side of town. Yeah, you're not gonna waste it. Waste not, want not. What else hooked you on this, man? Before we get into the snow babies. Like I said, man, I'm a, I'm a freaking I'm a big Constantine fan. I, I like. It was it was really just kind of like when freaking I think it was like issue five when stuff got really dark. I think the Snow Babies issue, if I remember correctly. Snow Babies is issue two. Oh, issue two. Jesus. Yep. Okay. Maybe I think it was it was the um, the bomber. The bomber was when I just that was when I texted you. It was like, dude, this is amazing. Because uh, like you weird. didn't you didn't know where things were going. Like you knew it was gonna get solved, but you never quite like. You never knew how it was gonna, what was going to happen because all these characters were just so screwed up. Like everybody's just got their issues in Snowtown, and like the branding, like they were branding the houses with the design as the and like and but yet eventually you get to the point where it's 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 the houses that don't have the sign that you need to worry about the most, and you're not quite sure what happens that. until that until you find when you find out why they don't have the sign. It's so horrible. You just you want to stop reading, but at the end you just want to freaking you want to continue reading because you want to see these bastards get theirs. I was I was thinking about this this graphic novel today because uh, before we took down the Christmas tree, um, mom had seven on. Like the day, the day after Christmas, <laughs> mom, mom, mom day after was, Christmas you're rocking seven. We're rocking. My mom is. I was bad. watching Mubba Christmas Carols for crying out loud. <laughs> my mom was about AEW. Mama's a badass. She's watching Seven, and I'm watching it through <laughs> some different eyeballs here. And um, my sister's like, "Why is uh, the detective um, uh, Morgan Freeman's character so involved?" And I was like, "He's the parallel. He's the opposite of John Doe." And she's like, "Well, what's Brad Pitt's character's part? He's the monkey wrench." And Morgan Freeman was the entire time throughout this awful, awful story. Because it, it like don't get me wrong, I love that movie, but it's it is yeah. a, it is a, it isn't it is a it, it's hard. It, it, it's, yeah, it's dark. It, and he he's like, I decided to. I was quitting uh, yesterday, but I'm decided to stay on till this is over. But like the question here is why? Now Morgan Freeman's character stayed on because he was intrigued with the why, and but mm -hmm. his morbid curiosity. Brought him to a really shitty conclusion. When it comes to Fell, the why is why. <laughs> like, like the, there is no answer to the why in any of these issues. He's just yeah. in Snowtown dealing with the worst of the worst. And we we get to issue two, and uh, someone is cutting babies out of pregnant women, and he's stumbling around drunk again, and uh, you know. After leaving the bar, he learns about his uh, office and the the three and a half, and he goes <laughs> he goes by the the woman's apartment complex, and he's drunk as shit. And we and like the, the this is one of those like I really think that Rob Gilroy, who does Chew, took a lot of cues from this sort of book, where uh, where Chew's you know like there's these little things that like pop up that like make a joke, but where. Detective Fell, he's stumbling home drunk, and he he walks past her apartment and apartment building, and he 
it just stuns him. He sees a trash can, the trash can that they they found her and a baby, and she knocks. He knocks on the on someone's house, uh, their their door, and like no, she walked that way every day. Had to pick up her cigarettes. I told her you'll kill that baby, and then we go to this like map scene, and in and then all of a sudden his mind is forming the red lines of where she'd walk every day, and he's okay. She died here, and he's looking up at the windows, and he, like there's so many of them. And he thinks, which one of you assholes thinks is safe? And pop, 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 pop. And he shoots a bunch of guns out. Don't forget that Mako's already told him the story from the old country. Well, no, 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 no. He walked the... Um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. He, he looks at who, which one of the assholes is safe, goes and gets drunk. Mako tells him stories from the old country about the snow babies. And, you know, we've got these dead babies that will... Uh, that 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 are gonna like you hang these dead babies, and uh, it'll bring you good luck. Why not? I mean, he's he's getting the drunk at the bar. Rich, that's his name. Yeah, you know, you never told me how this place got its name. And she's like, she's from Cambodia. Like, how's your day? Lousy. Want to talk? In, he's telling the story, and one of those things the army did makes uh, not snow snow babies smoke children, which are they'd cut the fetuses out of pregnant women and dry them and use them as talismans to warm off evil. You're kidding me. Wish it was magical powers of protection, like mine. In reference to the brand. God, I'm sorry. No, I didn't mean no, no. Just I gotta go. Okay, but you just got here. I'm coming back, Mako. And it's one of those things that is one of the recurring things that I really like redemption-wise is like you don't even think I've heard that before. Like she's she's scared away every guy in the world. He he stumbles back drunk and to the building. Let's see what if one of you assholes feels protected. Pops a couple of shots in the air, draws a diagram, and and X's out all the windows that don't turn on. Everyone else's windows are the ones that are worried that the shots are going popped out. And he just goes to all the windows, all the doors of the windows that didn't turn on. He gets to That's a, insane. He gets to a door that has like colored salt outside. And anyone that knows anything about witchcraft is that salt is a circle of salt will protect you. Yeah, it's all about protection. <laughs> Knocks on the door, you can't come in. Not even if, <laughs> if you wanted to. And I don't want to talk. And he kicks the fucking door down and beats the guy to an inch of his life. In a room, in a in a in an apartment filled with dried fetuses hanging from the walls. Because this man thought it would protect him. Because he was so scared. And that's one of those things that like like people get in their head that they're they're so alone. This is like the the those old school stories are gonna protect them. And you know, beats him to an inch of his life and calls the, the boys in like I assume he called the boys in because he called somebody. Yeah, he, he called somebody, and then and then he goes. He he gets drunk and he goes back to the bar. And Mako didn't think he'd come back, and he did. And we go to issue three where he needs a suit. Yeah, give us the deets on the on the buying the suit. I, I don't. Even, why, why did he need the suit? I don't freaking. Because, did he need the suit for work? I think. Yeah, because his original. He needed suit, a new suit for work. Yeah, because his original suit was all fucked up from the last ones. Yeah, he had. had. He had went and saw this lady, and the old lady freaking was. You know, she she seemed nice. Went out of her way to help him. He was like the only customer of the day, 
and he goes into the fitting room because he, uh, he needed to try the suit on, obviously. And freaking in, in, yeah, in the fitting room, there's this middle-aged guy, middle-aged fat guy, with a bomb. Hello. And he's gonna blow up the whole building. I'm just a to get back to this lady. <laughs> yeah. And he, he just calmly. That, that was the issue that I called you on, because it was just like, what? You just all you want to do is try on a suit. And there's this suicide bomber hanging out here, just willing to blow up this entire place, and you're not sure why. All you know is that somehow this lady helped kill this guy's brother. It's 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 getting into it and like in Detective Fell he's in his street clothes and let's just talk as he's reaching for the gun by on his back and this is gonna be so embarrassing for when you it doesn't work. It'll work. I'm good with making things. I tested one. It'll work real good. I could never build it. I tested my suicide bomb. Yep. My brother, he was good with his hands, but I can cook. He used to burn water. You cook? I used to have a brother. Now I have a bomb. Yeah. And like just this conversation, like he just, you know, he's able to freaking get in the guy's head a little bit, and then we eventually find out that like this woman on the side, freaking, you know, and this little lady is selling her suits, is selling guns to older people, so that way they can protect themselves. And apparently, one of the old people that she, you know she sold the guns to ended up shooting this guy's brother and killing him. Yeah, because the brother was breaking in old people's places. He even flat out said. And yeah, she she had to admit it to it, and she cried. And and he's looking in, he's getting close, and he just grabs the guy's hand with the detonator and breaks all his fingers. Yeah, <laughs> like one he had by to do one, one by one. And he, this guy's screaming, "Call the police, Ellen, and then call some friends. I want every weapon on this property out of here before I'm officially forced to look for them." And she cries and says, "No charge for the suit." Yeah. So, I mean, he got a free suit out of it, so good for him. He's good, good for him, <laughs> But man. And that's, the, the, like we were talking earlier with the clown hunter scenario, it's like you push people so far, they're going to push back. You know? you People can only handle so much before they get tired of it. That's, that's That can be terrifying, you know? It really scares me, especially what's going on right now, man. I, I hear about what's yeah. going on in L.A., my sister at lunch today, at brunch today, was just like, you know, it's time for that uh, seismic fault every hundred x many years. It's on the clock, and mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I think that your your sister's from ten, like staying in Tennessee now, if I remember right, correct, yes, right? Memphis, yep. Yeah, okay, because I remember there was a thing yesterday where that freaking guy freaking ran it. Was it ran his truck into freaking? Yep, like Nashville. the thing in Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. And it's like, you know, I don't know what the situation was, but I mean, some, apparently he got pushed. I don't know. And I mean, some people's fuses, like, I'm a big believer in the whole the thought process from Joe, the Joker, where like, dude, freaking, you know, everybody freaking, you know, all it takes is one bad day. God, like, yeah. I will never, I'll do, like, if I forget if I'm walking into Walmart, I will always make a, make a point to, like, make sure the cars are freaking stopping. Because you never know if that dude freaking driving that big-ass truck Freaking! If his wife's cheating on him and he knows, and he's just frustrated and takes it out on somebody who just happens to be there, you know, I will always freaking wait just to be on that say. Oh, I'll, I'll wait an extra five seconds just to be sure, because I don't want to be the one guy that freaking sets homeboy off and freaking he goes into some kind of crazy ass rage. And I know it's freaking it's over it's overthinking it. I'm no. aware of it. No, I just don't care. No, being aware of it is one thing. Not letting fear rule you 
is another thing, just like you're doing. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you care. You care enough to be cautious, but you're also mm-hmm. not le- letting it be like, oh, you, you went to a restaurant, so obviously you want your whole family to die. Um, no, yeah. no, no, no. We were cautious, and but at the same yeah. time, the, the one bad day thing, man. Remember the first time that really popped out in my head was uh, in the uh, Daredevil Season 2 when the Punisher got involved, and mm-hmm. the only difference between me and you is one bad day. Yeah. And uh, that that really solidifies things, and I remember, like, the uh, my mom is, like, really into, like, anything that has anything to do with revenge. And uh, yeah. I told her about that, and she, so uh, I made her watch Daredevil Season 1, she's like, okay, it was good, and I'm like, okay, now you get to see Season 2. And uh, yeah. I, I remember uh, sitting there with her watching watching the Punisher walk into that pawn shop. It was like mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like those the, the guys that like wrote that scene were like trying to like make something more hardcore than when the crow walked into the pawn shop. Yeah. And like I don't know, I, I just need a, I just need the the um, uh, the the policeman's uh, you know radio. It can listen to everything. He's walking out. Hey man, I got videos. <laughs> and he's like not caring. Punisher drinking his black coffee. I drink black coffee specifically. I don't like black coffee, but I drink it specifically because the Punisher drinks black coffee. And, <laughs> nice. And he's just drinking his coffee. He's like, I got porn videos, little girls, and he just sighs and. Slams that fucking door shut, <laughs> and yeah, you know it's coming. It's coming, and he folded that asshole in half. And like we're we're looking this this one next issue fell number four, <clears throat> and it's one guy's bad day. He's butchering people in the harbor, and oh yeah, and fell figures out where he's at. And this was a this was a no call no show type thing, man. Like mm-hmm. like he, like everything lines up breadcrumbs are there and he has to beat a guy to death that lost everything and he's yeah. a, he's a dummy and he beats him to death with a pipe <laughs> the, the the little kid that was there to rob someone else like you know get the fuck out of here kid like another bad day yeah and, and tell everybody that guy used a pipe yeah <laughs> tell everyone that like uh, just say the right story and, yeah. Uh, and what, what, what was the story with the, what was the original story with the pipe? There was something specific with the pipe that I can't recall right now. I'm going through it. Let's see. I'm looking at the none. I think there was another murder with the pipe, which kind of, which goes back to the whole thing about the Fells. Kind of you know, like Jesus. I said, Fells not necessarily a good guy. These are all domestic types. Come on, give me something. Just going through it, please. Yeah. Come oh, there was like he, I said, no, there was a crime based on the pipe. He, he finds the pipe. And that that kid was trying to rob the fat guy wallet. No, I was just looking. Oh, okay. Just taking a shortcut home. I don't want any trouble. I do want trouble. Give me the wallet, and then I will decide. <laughs> Holy shit! Mm-hmm. And he throws the pipe to the fat guy. What? And then he just beats him. But the, yeah. the the headbutt scene. These these are messy watercolors. Kill you? No. Kill me. Come on. Show me how you're gonna kill me, and then just beats him to death. Dexter Fell, Snowtown PD, please stay put while I call this in. We'll get you a ride home afterwards. But one thing, whenever you're asked about how this man threatened you, don't mention the knife. He had a boat hook. 
And he was oh, like, the boat hook, not the pipe. That's he, right. You know, okay. This is a pipe with a boat hook at the end. And he's going to gut you with that boat hook. And then I disarmed him. Clear? Sure, whatever you say. Thank you, sir. It's important. Yeah. Like I said, Fell's not a good dude. Like he he might he might want the you know he he wants to solve crimes, but you know he's not afraid to get his hands dirty and freaking. He could be a piece of shit. Dude, it's probably better you and I didn't grow up together. <laughs> you and yeah. I, you and I would probably be like legendary guys that like kicked ass on the football field, became <laughs> co- be- became cops. And then uh, Detective Torres said, said uh, nothing happened. Yep, nothing happened. Yeah, but we got you guys on footage here. Dude, at best we'd be Twenty One Jump Street. Come on, <laughs> no, <laughs> at no, best, not, not at all, man. Like I would be, shit, man. I'd be lighting fucking cigarettes off some fucking dead perp's on fire body, <laughs> using his I... own marijuana that we arrested him for. <laughs> I'd be like, you probably shouldn't have done that. Ah, fuck it, man. And I'd go along with it. We got. I'd go along with your murders, too, man. We would... Shit. <laughs> that's what we have to write... You can't a, say that in a public forum. That's what we have to write a comic book about. Yeah. It'd be fun. I'm down. Mm. You're going to have to draw it, though, because I freaking can't draw it worth a damn. And that's that's going to be Minefields After Dark that y'all aren't going to listen to. We've done fell issues one through six... We're going to do 6 through 9 pretty soon. Whenever oh, I'm excited. i got to get issue 9 now. Whenever we, yeah, because issue 9, I can't believe issue 9 wasn't in here. We're going to do it soon. We're going to do it in Minefields After Dark, and y'all can't listen to it because we're badasses. This is Minefields. This transmission is over, and this is dangerous.